out this morning uh it is memorial day weekend and we do want to honor those and remember those that gave their life and the ultimate sacrifice for the freedom that we have that we can even be in church today so let's all stand we're gonna uh do the pledge to the flag and then brother charles is gonna come around and have a word of prayer attention salute pledge i pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Brother Charles. Heavenly Father, we come to you today in great remembrance of those that have given their lives for this country, Lord, that we could come here and worship you today. And we just love you today. And we ask you to help us remember that as we have this service today. And but, Lord, you've given the greatest sacrifice for all of us, and we're so grateful for that. And, Lord, I just ask you to bless the singing and the preaching today. And, Lord, I just pray that you would uh, go out with us today and help us to remember you. And that's the most important thing. But thank you, Lord, for those that have given their lives. God, help us to remember them every day and help us to honor them and how we live. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, let's sing America. My country, dear, of this sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Lay where my fathers died, and of the pilgrims right from every mountain. page 181. Hey! 
Pray for the choirs we sing this morning. For my soul 
glorious thought My sin not in part but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more praise the Lord praise the Lord oh my soul it is well it is well with my And Lord, haste the day when my fate shall be sighed. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The Lord shall resound and the Lord shall descend even so. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. My soul. It is well. It is well with my
that does this all. He's not here, so I'm going to do it this morning. Thank you. 
How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Well, it's good to see all y'all here. Just got a couple of announcements, actually. Uh, uh, my brother uh, Terry said uh, right after service, we're going to have a really short uh, choir practice. So if you're part of the choir, please hang around for that. Uh, we are going to have a kids' movie night for the youth group um, this month. And, well, and not this month, in June. Uh, it's going to be uh, June 21st. Uh, this, the, we're going to have uh, popcorn, uh, snacks, uh, just going to have a good time. Uh, so if you're part of the youth, make sure you're here on the 21st. Uh, we're going to start the movie at uh, 645, uh, so make sure you're here to enjoy that. And real quick, um, uh, Teresa would like for all the ladies to have a really quick meeting, uh, if you don't mind, uh, up here in the front of the church, right after the church, right before uh, the choir practice, very, very short. Uh, so if you don't mind, uh, the ladies, please meet with Teresa up here. Uh, thank you very much. Hey, Sister Amanda and asked her to come sing for us this morning. Brother Titus is preaching, so I know y'all like to hear her sing. So before she comes around, Brother Brady's got something he wants to announce to the church. So, Brother Brady, you come on up. Well, good morning. I would have announced this Wednesday, but there really wasn't an appropriate time to. On Tuesday, my life changed dramatically. I became a new creature. I got saved on Tuesday. That's, that's all I wanted to share. <laughs> Y'all used to love him singing. Now that he's got saved, you're really going to love it, ain't you? strength as life 
Good to have Brother Titus back in with us today. Been looking forward to hearing you this morning. Pray for him. For today, I sure do appreciate the privilege and opportunity to be here. And I've been looking forward to it. And I pray the Lord help us there do something, be a help to you. Book of 2 Kings chapter number 4 this morning, if you have your Bibles. Uh, 2 Kings chapter number 4. <clears throat> do our best to share with you what the Lord's laid on our hearts this morning. Very familiar passage of Scripture, but I want to uh, bring some things the Lord has brought to our attention this morning. I hope and pray that it will be a help to us. <clears throat> Second Kings chapter number 4, begin reading verse number 1. The Bible said, There cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant my husband is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? She said, Thy handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, Thou shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt. And live thou and thy children of the rest. Let's pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, as we come before you once again, Lord, I sure am thankful, uh, Lord, to be in your house with your people. Lord, this is a dear people this morning. I'm thankful for them. Thankful for their faithfulness, Lord, in serving you. And God, I pray that you just lead and guide and direct them and help them, Lord, as a body of believers, God, that you would meet their needs and, and take care of them, God, and put the right people in place, Lord, uh, uh, that they need this morning. Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, that you know exactly what we need and when we need it. And Lord, there's nothing hid from you, Lord. You know our hearts better than we know ourselves. And I pray this morning, God, you'd please touch us and help us to say or do something, be a help to you people today. 
Uh, what I realize is Paul said, there, is, there dwelleth in me no good thing. Lord, if anything good is said or done, it would have to be through and by you this morning. Lord, I'm just a vessel of clay that I pray this morning can be filled with the Holy Ghost and, and poured out this morning to be used by you and for your honor and for your glory. Lord, I pray that nobody would see me this morning, but they'd see you high and lifted up and hear from heaven this morning uh, that you'd do the preaching this morning through, uh, through the work of the Holy Ghost and through your word today that you'd speak to our hearts and draw us closer to you and do the work that only you can do. We cannot do for ourselves. Uh, Lord, we sure do need you today. And Lord, once again, all you do is try our very best to thank you and praise you for it. Lord, I pray especially if anyone here lost today and everyone saved by the grace of God. Lord, the Holy Ghost might speak to their heart today, and today would be the day of salvation in their life. Uh, Lord, to be saved by your marvelous grace, to, to truly know you as their personal Savior, not just to know about you, uh, but to know you personally today. I pray that you just have your willing way in all it's said and done this morning. We'll try our very best to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for all that you do. For it's in Jesus' precious and holy name we humbly pray, and amen. Uh, <clears throat> like I said before, a very familiar passage of scripture for our text this morning. Uh, no doubt we've read about it. We've heard it taught and preached several times. Uh, I'm not going to give you anything new this morning, but I trust and pray that it'll be fresh and it'll be a help to us today. The thought that I'm interested in this morning, uh, the thought that the Lord's laid on my heart is this thought of, can I borrow your vessel? Can I borrow your vessel? I look at this passage of scripture. We find a young lady that's in distress. We look at her circumstances. Uh, and we find this morning that all of a sudden, uh, out of the blue, I don't believe it was something that she saw coming. I don't believe it was something that she expected to happen. Uh, uh, but she all of a sudden has an unexpected loss in her life. Uh, her friend, her husband, her spouse, her helpmate, uh, uh, that, that spiritual helper, uh, that provider for her home and for her family has all of a sudden left the scene. He's died. Brother Clay, he's gone uh, and he's no longer there. Uh, I don't believe she expected it. I don't believe she saw it coming. Uh, uh, she's in great distress. Uh, it, it's hard enough to lose a loved one. It's hard enough to deal with the grief and, and, and the hurt and the sorrow of losing a loved one. But she's not only lost her loved one, uh, her friend, her husband, her spouse. Uh, uh, but because of this unexpected loss, she also now has an unattainable need. There is a need that has come up in her life. Uh, Brother Barry, she no longer has the means to provide for her family. Uh, and that provision's gone. Uh, and she has a debt uh, uh, that she cannot pay. Uh, a debt that she's probably no doubt trying with everything in her to pay. To, to find some way to produce. Uh, and to come up with a means to meet this need in her life. And to pay this debt off. Uh, uh, but she's exhausted all resources. Uh, all measure of ability. Everything that she can possibly do for herself. She's exhausted. She's gone uh, as far as she can go she's done all that she can do I believe she was a young lady I, I believe that's part of the reason why it was an unexpected loss I don't believe this was an elderly couple that was uh, getting old and feeble I don't believe there was great health problems that, that they knew about it was just uh, uh, some tragedy that took place in their life uh, can I just stop and say to you this morning bad things happen to good people just as much as bad people you can try to figure God out and try to figure out why God allows this, why God allows that. Uh, but the Bible tells me that it rains on the just and the unjust. Uh, uh, God never did promise us if we had lived for him and served him uh, uh, that everything would work out just perfect and everything would be a bed of roses. Uh, uh, that ain't what he said. Job said man's born of a woman few days uh, and full of trouble. Uh, he didn't promise us that we'd have a carefree life, but he promised us that we'd have a friend to walk with us Amen. and a purpose for life. Not just wandering aimlessly in this world, but to have a purpose in our lives and to have a friend to go with us along the way. This, un this, this unattainable need. The Bible said that, that the man of God asked her, what do you have? 
in your house. I believe she's all, the Bible said that she had nothing whatsoever, Brother Leo, left in her house except one pot of oil. That tells me, I believe, Brother Terry, she's done sold everything else. She's done gave everything that she can possibly scrounge up in the house, all their belongings, all their possessions, uh, everything that they've got, Brother John. They've done, she's done gotten rid of it all. She's done all that she can do to meet this need in her life. Nothing but a pot of oil. That's all that she's got left. I, want, I, I look around at our houses today and we see all of our possessions. Uh, uh, we see some furniture, maybe a TV. Uh, uh, we see a bedroom. We see a refrigerator and washing machine. We see all these things in our house. And one by one, she's selling things off. Uh, getting whatever she can out of it. Trying her best to pay off this debt. You know, there's probably some things she's getting rid of that didn't mean a whole lot. It probably wasn't too hard at first to get to part with a few things. Uh, but Brother Gene, I'd say as it got down to the end, uh, she's given up some pretty prized possessions. I mean some stuff that, that probably was priceless and precious to her. Uh, uh, but nothing was worth more to her uh, than the lives of her two children. Nothing meant more to her. She is willing to give it all up uh, to save her two boys. I look, I, the Bible said that her children were still at home. I believe they were young. I believe that's why this young couple uh, was young in age and unexpected. Uh, that all these things happen all at once. Like I said, it's hard enough to get over the grief of losing a loved one. But now on top of that, she's got a debt that she's got to pay as well. Yeah. Her circumstances. Then I want to notice her cry this morning. The Bible said, now there cried a certain woman. The Bible also says that she cried unto Elisha. She calls out to him and she's in trouble. She's worried. Uh, and the Bible says that, that she cried out to him. I believe, first of all, this was a fearful cry. She's scared to death. She's about to lose her children. This is not just a small need. This is not just an ordinary everyday need. This is not just a, a what are we going to eat today? This is not what am I going to wear today? This is, not, uh, this is not just an ordinary need. This is the, one of the greatest needs, Brother Marty, that she's ever had in her life. Uh, uh, the, 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 I mean, her, life, her son's lives are hanging in the balance. What happens to them and what kind of life they live out is hanging in the balance. This is not an ordinary need. Uh, and she's fearful because she's scared to death that she's going to lose her children. Children. How many of you this morning, if, if you was in her shoes and you was in her situation, how many of you would be fearful this morning? If you thought that somebody was coming to take your children and not only to take them away from you, uh, that you might not ever see them again, but to make them slaves on top of that. Uh, I mean to make them go through hard bondage and slavery uh, and not knowing all the hardships and things that they would be put through, maybe torture and, and beating and whipping. Uh, how many of you would be fearful this morning? She was scared to death. She's not only a fearful cry, but it was an urgent cry. There was no time to waste. I've read this passage of Scripture many times, but it wasn't until just here recently that I noticed this. The Bible said that she's talking in verse number 1 to Elisha. And she said that thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. Notice what it says about this creditor. It says, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. For some reason, I just always overlooked that, Brother Terry, and I just always read as the, the creditor is coming. The creditor's coming. He's on his way. Could be a day, could be a week, could be a month. He's coming. Now, but that ain't what the Bible says. The Bible says he is come. 
I very well believe in my heart, uh, Brother Clay, that the, com that the creditor was already uh, at her doorstep. Uh, it wasn't that he was coming. He's already arrived. Uh, uh, the goods, the possessions, the money's all ran out, and he's come to collect. Uh, he may have even told her, you've got to the end of the day. Uh, uh, by sundown, if you can't come up with the, if you can't come up the funds uh, and don't pay off the debt, uh, uh, me and your boys are leaving out of here, and you'll never see them again. Creditor is come. He's sitting at her doorstep. He's knocking. He's ready. He's waiting. You've got till sundown or whatever the, whatever the case may have been, but he, there was no time to waste. No time to stop and think about it, to come up with a plan. She's already done all that she can do. There's a world full of people today. They're doing all they can do. They've got unattainable needs in their life. They're searching for peace. They're searching for comfort. Their family's in a, in a mess. Their home's in a wreck. They're, they're in danger of losing their children, losing their marriage, losing everything that they hold dear. And they're doing everything they possibly can physically in their own power and of themselves uh, to meet the needs that are in their lives, but they are unable to meet their own needs. They can't fix the problem in their life. They can't pay off the sin debt that's in their life. Can I remind you this morning that we were all born into this world sinners and because of our sin, we have a sin debt. Just as this young lady uh, and her family had a debt that the collector was coming to collect, uh, uh, can I remind you before you were saved by the grace of God, you had a sin debt uh, and the creditor was coming to collect on your debt. Uh, uh, death himself was a coming. Uh, he's coming for all of us if the Lord don't come back real soon. Uh, and the uh, debt's going to be paid one way or another. I'm glad, thank God, Jesus Christ paid the debt on, paid in full on Calvary's cross. I'm glad I've got to receive a, a bill of payment. I'm glad my sin debt's been paid. I couldn't pay it. I, I couldn't live good enough. I couldn't do enough. It didn't matter who I was, where I come from, who mom and daddy was. I was helpless in and of myself. But I'm glad he paid the debt this morning. I'm forgiven. My debt's been forgiven, been bought, paid in full, pardoned by the grace of God. But there is a world full of people today uh, that are still in their sin. Uh, they're still carrying the debt, that load, that burden that's on them, that condemnation uh, that's with them everywhere they go. They're still carrying the need. They've got a need that they can't meet. Yeah. I thought about this, and this is where my heart's really wanting to anchor this morning. I thought about the commitment of her neighbors. These neighbors, the Bible said that the man of God told her, said, what do you have in the house? She said, I have nothing but a pot of oil. And he said, go to your neighbors and borrow empty vessels uh, and borrow not a few. So these neighbors, uh, whether far or wide, I don't know how far they went looking for vessels, but they began to knock on doors, uh, going from neighbor's house to neighbor's house. Uh, hey, do you have a vessel that I can borrow? I began to think about these vessels that these neighbors committed unto her. Uh, I want to say, first of all, there was one requirement. He said, even empty vessels. They may have been some neighbors that had a lot of vessels, Brother Terry, but if they were already filled with other things, he wasn't going to do her any good. It was of no benefit and of no use to her if they were already full. She needed empty vessels. She needed vessels that wasn't already filled with other things. She needed just a vessel, nothing in it. They might have been some neighbors that had some empty vessels around that, 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 that it wasn't a big deal to them to give up their empty vessels. They were already empty. Uh, uh, maybe they wasn't doing anything with them anyway. They weren't being used. Uh, uh, not a big deal. Yeah, sure, here's my vessel. Go ahead and take it and use it. Do whatever you need to with it. But there might have been some other neighbors that had some vessels, but they weren't so empty. 
Some of them might have been filled to the very top, Brother Brandon, that couldn't hold anything else. They had a decision to make when she come asking to borrow that vessel. Uh, am I willing to pour out what I've got in my vessel? Uh, I, I pour it out and empty it so that she can take it and use it and do something else with it. They had to make a decision. They had to decide, uh, am I, is what I've got in my vessel worth hanging on to uh, and keeping for myself, or, or is it more important to pour it out and give it to her to meet a need in her life that she can't meet? They had a choice to make. Am I going to leave it full and keep it to myself, or am I willing to pour it out so that somebody else can use it? It had to be an empty vessel. I thought about the requirement of it. I thought about the reservations. There was none. There's no reservations on this. You know, when we go and borrow something, especially if you go to a rental place and borrow something, there's a time frame. There's a time limit that you're expected uh, after a certain amount of time borrowing whatever that piece of equipment is, uh, there's an expected time that you're going to bring it back. There's penalties even if you don't bring it back on time. Uh, there's late fees and penalties that you have to pay uh, if you don't have it back on time. Now, if you go to a neighbor or a friend and borrow something, they may not set a time limit on it. They may not tell you how long before you've got to bring it back. They may just say, you just keep it till you get done with it. You just hang on to it till the job's done. Whatever you need it for, you just keep it till you get done with it. Then we'll worry about it then. There was no time restraint. Nobody that I find this pastor scripture, not a single neighbor, Brother Jeff, told her, now I've got to have that back tomorrow. I've got to have that back before next week. I'm, take, I'm going to the marketplace. I'm going to need that vessel to carry some stuff back with me. I, I, but that ain't what they said. Uh, there, there, was no there was no reservation. You just keep it till you get done with it. Till the job's done, whenever you're finished, whenever you're through, you just hang on to that vessel. I thought about this. Not only the, no, there was no time reservations, uh, but there was no use reservations. Nobody told. Now, you can, it, now it's only for this kind of use. Now, you can't just put anything in that vessel. Now, you've got to take good care of it. Uh, uh, that was grandma's or whatever. That's not dishwasher safe. Uh, uh, don't put that in the microwave or whatever the case may be. They did not tell her how, they could, how she could use their vessel. They didn't give her none of those stipulations. They said, here, take it. Do with it what you need to. It don't matter how you want to use it, what you pour in it, if you pour it out or whatever you do, just use it. They didn't tell her what to do with it how to be used. Thought about this. Thought about the results. Those neighbors that gave her those vessels, that was all they had to do. Just give her the vessel. There was nothing else for them. Uh, that's all that you hear about. That's their, their only part of the whole story is just loaning a vessel. The rest was up to her. The results, the outcome, what took place after they gave her uh, those vessels was completely and solely up to her. They had done their part. All they had to do was provide uh, an empty vessel. That's all they had to do. The results, the rest, was completely up to her. They probably had no idea, Brother Marty, what she was going to do with that vessel. They didn't know when they was going to get it back, what she was going to do with it. Uh, they didn't know if it would accomplish whatever she set out to accomplish. Uh, all they did was just loan her a vessel. Results, and I thought about this, there's no recognition. We don't know a single name of any of these neighbors. Not a one. We don't know their address. We don't know where they live. We don't know their name. We don't know how long they'd known each other. They might have even just met. They may have been absolute strangers. How many of you know every neighbor around you today? Probably not many of us know every neighbor that we live around today. There's a lot of people in this world. 
They might have been absolute strangers never met before in their life, but they were still willing to give out a vessel to a neighbor in need. Boy, I wish things was more like that today. Didn't matter who they was. Didn't matter what they looked like. Uh, yeah, I've got a vessel you can use. Don't know their names. They're not recognized. That wasn't what they gave it for. They weren't given those vessels for recognition. They were just giving them to help meet a need in somebody's life. It didn't matter who they were. You see, this need, this story is not about them. It's more about their vessel than it is them. It's more about somebody just being willing to give a vessel. They didn't need a pat on their back. They didn't need to have their name in the paper. They didn't need a big thank you afterwards. They were just doing what needed to be done. The commitment of the neighbors. And I thought about this. There's great emphasis placed in this passage of Scripture on a closed door. And I wondered about that and I studied and thought about it and prayed about it. Lord, why is this so important that they closed the door behind them? That's what the man of God told her to do. said, you and your two boys go in the house and close the door behind you. There was emphasis placed in that. Make sure the door is closed behind you and then you can begin to pour that oil out. I begin to look at this passage of Scripture, and I look at this, this young family, this wife, and, and these two small boys. God worked a miracle in their life. God worked a great miracle in their life, but this miracle wasn't for everybody. It was a personal, a personal miracle in their life. I don't know about you, but I'm glad this morning that I serve a personal Savior that cares about me as an individual. He doesn't just care about the church as a whole, even though I'm glad he died for the whole church. But he's not just interested as the church as a whole. He's not, he's not even interested as the local church, as a group and a body of believers. But he's interested in each and every one of you this morning as an individual. He cares about your personal needs. He cares about your hurts, your worries, your doubts, your fears. He cares about you personally as an individual. When I got saved, I didn't just join a church. But I started a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't bring all my prayers and my stuff. Now, I'm glad, thank God, for prior requests. Don't take me wrong. I'm glad for prior, for prior requests uh, and for friends that we can call upon to help us pray about a need. But I don't have to pray through somebody else this morning. I don't have to bring my, all of my prayers to the church and, and hope that the church pray. I'm glad I have a personal line. I'm glad wherever I'm at, night or day, wherever I may be, whatever the need may be, I'm glad I have an open line to the Lord himself. That's an amazing thing. How many of you have ever tried to get a hold of somebody important? Pretty hard. Pretty, 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 there's a lot of things you've got to go through to ever, and you may never even accomplish what you set out to do, trying to get a hold of somebody, trying to have some kind of communication with somebody important. Can I say to you this morning, there's nobody in this world, nobody in the whole entire universe more important than he is, and I'm glad, thank God, he wants to hear from you today. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. He wants to know how your day is. He wants to know your struggles. He wants to know your cares. He wants to know about all of it. He's personal. And this blessing, this miracle that God worked in their life was not for anybody but for them. I'm glad God's done some things in my life that didn't matter to anybody else. It didn't matter. Nobody else even knew anything in the world about it, just me and God. But I'm glad God cared enough about me and thought enough of me uh, to spend some by, something by my way that nobody else had any idea about. Yeah. It wasn't something to be bragged about and flaunted about. Hey, everybody, look what God did for me. Uh, uh, no, but it was just a special blessing just for them. 
I believe what God done there in that house was a holy thing. You, you agree with me that God's holy? Therefore, if God's holy, everything God does is holy. I believe, that, I believe what was taking place in that home with that mama and those two little boys was a holy thing. And I say to you this morning, I believe even today, as we gather as families in our homes and get around the Word of God and begin to pray, I believe that's still a holy thing. I believe that's probably one of the greatest problems that's wrong in our country today is families quit coming together around the Word of God, shutting everything out. I believe that door closed was shutting out all the distractions, all the hindrances, uh, uh, every, everything and everybody else in this world, shutting all that out. Uh, uh, God, we've got a need in our life. We need to be met. And we don't care about nothing else right now. I don't care what the ball game score is. I don't care about the news and the politics. I don't care who, what so-and-so's doing down the road. I don't care what's going on tomorrow night. God, I've got a need in my life, and that's the only thing that I care about right now as you hear my cry and meeting the need in my life. Amen. Shut everything else out. You know, in the Word of God, the oil is a type picture of the Holy Ghost. And I've heard so many people say, Oh, I want God to touch my life. I want God to use me. I want to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Can I say something to you this morning? You'll never get filled with the Holy Ghost until you get alone somewhere, just you and God behind closed doors or wherever it may be, and push everything else aside, just you and Him. You're not going to get that anywhere else. I'm glad it, it, it can be going down the road. There have been times when God, it seemed like, just got up in my truck with me. Uh, and it, I mean, just as real, Brother Terry, as if, if my wife was sitting beside me in the truck, like he just come and sit and rode along with me for a little while. There have been times I've been on the lawnmower. And I'd have some preaching or some singing in my ears uh, uh, mowing that grass. Next thing you know, uh, I feel a special touch. I feel somebody else's presence right alongside me. Uh, and my, my heart begins to bubble up on the inside. Uh, maybe there's some tears begin to roll down my face. Uh, I'm not so much worried about the grass no more. Uh, I'm not worried how straight the lines are. Uh, I'm just enjoying the goodness of God. Uh, uh, can I say to you this morning, we don't go on feelings. Uh, uh, we go on faith. But I am glad, thank God, for what I can feel in my heart every once in a while. I, I'm glad to know that he's real and he begins to stir up on the inside. Amen. Some of us this morning, we just ain't got along with him in a little while and ain't let him stir in a long time. I'm glad, thank God, when he went down to that pool of Bethesda and began to stir the waters, things begin to happen. How many of us just need him to come and stir our hearts again? Let him do something personal for you again. Just shut the door and shut everything else out. Uh, empty your vessel of yourself, uh, all your plans, your wants, your dreams, and just say, God, I empty myself. Uh, I have nothing in my life that's worth hanging on to, uh, uh, nothing more important than what you've got, nothing, nothing worth what you can do and what you want to put in, uh, and just bring him an empty vessel behind a closed door. Uh, say, here I am, Lord, do with me what you want. Uh, uh, you, uh, you do whatever you want to with it, no restrictions, no stipulations, wherever you want me to go. Uh, uh, what you want me to say or do uh, uh, whatever calling on my life that your will is uh, uh, whatever you want uh, that's what I want Amen. pour yourself out and let him fill you back up Amen. there ain't nothing you and I have got this morning worth nowhere near what he can do in our lives Amen. I ain't got nothing worth hanging on to my hopes, my dreams, my little plans, my little pleasures or amusements, my entertainment, it ain't a drop in a bucket what God has to offer this morning. But it's going to take getting behind some closed doors, closing everything out. Closing social media off, closing the TV off, closing the video games off, closing, the, I mean, whatever it is, closing it all out. 
He's not, he's not going to play second fiddle in your life. He's not going to bless you and work in your life and fill you the Holy Ghost playing second fiddle all the time. He's going to have to come first. He's going to have to be priority. They didn't care about nothing else except what he was doing in their life right then and there. They closed the doors. Not only the closed doors. I thought about, I thought about those vessels. Let me go back to this. God spoke to my heart about this. It didn't matter how big those vessels were or how small they were. It didn't matter how old they were or how new they were. It didn't matter how pretty they looked or how scarred and scratched up they were. It didn't matter to her. She just needed a vessel. It didn't matter what the... I'm telling you, friend, it don't matter who you are. Don't matter where you've been, how old you are, how young you are. Don't matter how new or how, how, how old, how big or how small you may think you are. It doesn't matter if your vessel's all nice and pretty and well kept and clean. Or if it's got a few scars and a few scratches on it from times past. It does not matter to him this morning. He just needs an empty vessel. I'm glad he's willing to use the biggest to the smallest, the prettiest to the, to the most scarred and scratched. It don't make no difference to him. He's not looking at how the vessel looks anyway. He just wants to use it. Anybody got an empty vessel this morning? God's looking for an empty vessel. There's families and there's people, there's children all across this world today that's needing help. They need something that they can't fix in their life. And God wants to fix their need, but he's wanting to use an empty vessel to do it. What an honor and what a privilege it is. God don't have to have me and you. God doesn't need me, not one little bit. If I was to die today, the work of God would go on without missing a beat. God don't need me. But what a blessing, what a privilege it is that I get to do something for him and that God could use me to do something great. I can't do it, but I'm glad he can and he wants to use us to do it. I'm glad we get to have a small part in this if we want to. But notice the capacity of the oil. The Bible said that she had a pot of oil. And the Bible also said in verse number 5 that she poured out. That makes me believe this is not a very big pot. If it was a great big pot, she, I dare say, Brother Terry, she wouldn't have the strength and the ability to pour out of it. She'd probably need a ladle or a big spoon to dip it out. But the Bible said that she poured it. I believe it's a small pot. Something small enough that she could easily pick up and tilt over and, and pour without, making, without spilling it everywhere and making a big mess. She just poured it out. I believe it's a small pot. But it didn't matter how small that pot was. And it didn't matter how many vessels they were, there's more oil in the pot than there were vessels to fill. The Bible said that she called to her children, uh, bring me another vessel, bring me another vessel. And one by one, they're bringing those vessels, uh, big or small, it didn't matter. They just kept bringing them and she just kept filling them. She didn't notice where they come from, whose vessel they were, uh, where that vessel had been. She didn't care what it had had in it before as long as it was empty now. It didn't matter to her. Uh, just keep bringing those vessels and keep pouring in the oil and pouring in the oil. And they kept bringing till there was no more vessels left. She said, bring me another vessel. And her son said, there's not a vessel left. I wonder just how far they went. I wonder the radius of how far they went around the house. How far did the neighbors they went to searching for vessels? I dare say, as the man of God said, borrow not a few. There's more than a few. I believe there's a kitchen full of vessels. They had vessels. The Bible said once the vessel's full, set it aside, get another vessel and fill it too. They had vessels sitting everywhere till there wasn't a vessel left. I'm glad this morning there's more oil in the pot than you and I have got vessels to fill. And I don't know about you, but my vessel, sometimes I stumble and fall and I spill it. 
I say to do something I shouldn't, I spill it. My vessel's got cracks in it and it leaks from time to time. It don't always hold oil very well. It's amazing. You can, get, you can come to the house of God on Sunday and, and get filled with the Holy Ghost and God moving your heart. God do a great work in your heart. And it's amazing come Monday morning. It's so far away, it's not even funny. That's why it's a daily walk. That's why it's a daily struggle and a daily battle. You can't get all you need on Sunday morning to make it all week. It ain't going to work. If it's the only time you spend with God and the only time you open your Bible all week long, you're not going to make it very long. It, it's a daily, it's more than just coming to church on Sunday. God wants that one-on-one -on -one relationship every single day. Those of us as parents have a great responsibility to instill that in our children to have a daily walk. Noah walked with God, and because he walked with God, he found grace in the eyes of God, and God spared mankind from being completely destroyed off the face of the earth. But, God, but I believe Noah only walked with God because of a man named Enoch, a great-grandpa. The Bible said that he first walked with God. He passed it down from generation to generation. Had Noah not had a great-grandpa named Enoch that walked with God, I wonder if Noah would have ever walked with God. Had Noah never walked with God, would you and I be here today? Something to think about. It was something that was passed down one by one. And those of us that know, we need to instill that in our children because they don't know. They're young and they don't understand, they don't know, but we need to instill that in them to have a daily walk with God, a daily Bible reading, a daily prayer time to spend with Him. There is nothing more important. It's more important than, than the food that we eat and the water that we drink is spending time with Him. The capacity. I'm glad it don't matter how many times I spill it or how much it leaks out. He does not mind if you'll bring it to Him. He'll fill it again. He'll fill it again. He'll take and pour the oil again and again and again. It, he, he does not mind. He does not get tired, Brother Mike, of refilling my vessel. Thank God He'll keep pouring if you'll keep bringing it. But we're going to have to bring it to him empty. He's not going to pour, he's going, he's not going to pour anything into a vessel that's already full. You'll have to empty some things out. You're going to have to decide this morning, is what you've got worth more than what he's got to offer? What you've already allowed in your vessel, is it more important to you than letting him fill it up? I thought about this, and I'm through. I thought about her children that were saved. Because somebody, an unnamed, an unknown neighbor, cared enough and thought enough to lend an empty vessel, her children was freed from a lifetime of horrible bondage. A lifetime of slavery, being drug away from their mother, probably to never see her again, to, to live as a slave in hard bondage the rest of their lives. You say, I don't make much difference. My life don't matter. I don't make much difference. You're wrong, friend. You're very wrong. Your life does matter. Your life can make a difference. God does want to do something with your life. You say, preacher, you don't know where I've been, what I've done. God don't care. I'm glad what God, I'm glad what we can't forget, God does not remember. If you're saved by the grace of God and you've asked him to forgive you your sins, I'm glad it's cast away as far as from the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. You may not be able to forget about it, but God don't remember it. God doesn't care what your vessel looks like. It may be scratched and scarred, that's okay. He'll still fill it anyway, but you've got to give it to him first. You've got to be willing to give it up, to commit it to him. And I don't mean just for a day or two. He's wanting it for the long haul. He wants to borrow it till the job's done. And I've got news for you. The job's not going to be done till we're all out of here. Till we take our dying breath or till he comes back in the rapture and the trumpet sounds. Uh, the job's not done. The task is not complete till we're in heaven. He's not interested in it for just a day or two. He wants to keep it till he's done with it. 
No restrictions, no reservations. Just one requirement just needs to be empty. Don't have to be pretty, don't have to be shiny. It just has to be empty. But somebody's children this morning may, dep may be dependent upon you to bring God an empty vessel. Somebody's family. There may be a co-worker whose family and home and marriage is about to be absolutely torn apart. They're needing somebody, a friend or a loved one or a co-worker, to give God an empty vessel and let him fill the Holy Ghost to make a difference in their life. To help them meet a need that they can't meet by themselves. I don't know your heart as we stand this morning. I've tried my best to show you what God's laid on my heart. Empty vessels. Can I borrow your vessel this morning? That's God's, that's God's desire. God wants to do something in your heart and in your life. But he's not going to force it. He's not going to jerk it out of your hand. He's not going to put his thumb on you and press you to the ground and, and, and make you tap out and give him, give him what he wants. He gives man a free choice. If you want to waste your vessel and the rest of your life, he'll let you do it. You'll have a lot of regrets and a lot of things you wish you hadn't have done and done differently, but he'll let you do it if that's what you want. If that's your heart's desire this morning, he'll let you do with your vessel what you want to. He'll let you do whatever it is that you want to do. But how many of us, if we was honest this morning, would love to go back in time and do some things over again? How many of us would like to make a change and do some things different? If we had it to go, go back, looking back now in our life, if we had it to do over again, how many of us would love to go back and change some things and do some things differently? We can't do that. Not a one of us has the ability to go back and change not one thing in our lives. But can I tell you what you can do? You can live for Him today. You can do something for Him today. Yeah. You can keep today being from, from being full of regrets. You don't have to add to those regrets. You don't have to add to that those things that you wish you hadn't have done or had have done different. You can do something today. We can't keep looking back behind, but we can do something right now. You can't even do nothing about tomorrow. You may say, preacher, I'm going to wait. I do want to do something for God, but I'm going to wait for tomorrow. You can't, even, you can't even count on tomorrow. Tomorrow's not promised for a single one of us this morning. You go out here in the graveyards and you'll find them all ages. Some that thought they had their entire lives ahead of them. Oh, I've got plenty of time to live for God. I've got plenty of time to surrender to whatever God wants in my life. And they didn't make it another day. All you've got today is today. That's all you've got. What you do with today is the only choice that you can make. There is no waiting to tomorrow. There's no going back yesterday. What you choose today is what matters. If God deals with your heart, there's some people with some big needs in their lives. There's some people dying and going to hell. There's some mamas and daddies praying for their children. Maybe it's somebody that's out of their reach. They're praying and begging God to send somebody else. Through. You may have some family or some friends that's out of your reach. Maybe you need to come and pray that God would help somebody else surrender their life, surrender their vessel, give it to Him so that that friend or that loved one that's out of your reach can still be reached by somebody else. She, she didn't have any vessels. She had the pot of oil, but she didn't have any other vessels to fill up and go sell. She depended upon a neighbor. You may be depending on somebody else this morning. You've got somebody that's just out of your reach. Maybe they've cut ties. Maybe, maybe they don't want nothing to do with you no more. You need to pray that God will send somebody their way. I don't know your heart. As they begin to sing, I bid you do business with God this morning. Be obedient to Him. Listen Be to Him. what's best.